Hello and welcome to The Coping Toolbox, a child psychology podcast hosted by clinical psychologists Dr. Layla Din Osman, Dr. Mary Simmering McDonald, and Dr. Jennifer Rend. We hope that this podcast helps parents, children, and teens learn new coping skills in dealing with their stress and anxiety and to help strengthen relationships in their lives. Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Layla and today I'm joined again by Dr. Mary and Dr. Jen. Today we're going to be talking about how to help your kids develop a healthy body image. So recent research has shown that a really large proportion, up to half, of teen girls feel that they're overweight. We live in a culture that places constant pressure on youth to look a certain way to attain a standard of beauty. And this has gotten much worse since the invention of social media and constant advertisement. Youth, both girls and boys, are constantly exposed to edited images that are not realistic. Rates have skyrocketed since the start of COVID and emergency rooms and children's hospitals are overrun by eating disorder cases. Now, outside of COVID, eating disorders are often related to things like stress, personality variables, genetic predisposition for eating disorders, as well as sociocultural influences. So eating disorders have been on the rise during the pandemic. Um, I was curious to hear from both your perspectives why you think there might be a correlation there. Like why have the rates of eating disorders gone up, you think? Yeah, so I think, you know, we don't know exactly why this is happening, but there are certainly some things that could be related. Um, eating disorders often come from a perfect storm of lots of different factors. So things like stress or environmental triggers, um, things like exposure to diet culture, depression and anxiety, there can be personality traits or genetic predisposition. So this pandemic has really resulted in very, very high stress levels for many individuals, most individuals, we'd say. We're also really removed from a lot of the coping resources and strategies that tend to help with this. Um, we're much more sedentary than we usually would be. We don't have as much social support as we typically would, or we don't have as much access to that social support. We're not as engaged in extracurricular activities. We have a lot of absence, even from extended family members. Um, and we don't have as much variety in our activities. Like we're just kind of doing the same things all of the time, especially for kiddos and teens who have been going through this. So more time at home, more time to focus on our difficult thoughts. And this also means that there's a lot less distraction from the thoughts that we have about body image. Um, and then in addition to that, we've also had more access and more exposure to things like social media and to things like diet culture. Um, and that's in their faces all the time, right? It's, it's in their bedrooms. It's when they're outside at the park, like it's everywhere all the time. So there's not as much distance from that as well. Just, just to add to that point too, Dr. Mary, um, I think, you know, even with the pandemic and how isolated we've been, um, you know, like you say, with the social media, it's almost like the teens are seeing so much of, you know, like these ideal people or, you know, like these visions of, of people that aren't the norm or aren't typical because they're not mm -hmm. actually being, you know, going to school or playing sports or seeing real people. 
right? And I think yeah. it, it really kind of messes with our heads when we're seeing, it's almost like, you know, if we're constantly getting these images of like, oh, what's typical is a certain type of body or, you know, to be like five yeah. foot 10 and underweight or things like that, we start to feel like that's the norm as opposed to that actually yeah. being atypical or, or, you know, less common. Um, so I think, I, I think that's a huge piece. Um, the other one I was thinking about is just, um, I know with a lot of the kids I talked to, it was that sense of loss of control, right? And we know like feeling like you need to control something is a big piece when it comes to eating issues. And so I think for a lot of kids, it's like that was one of few things they felt they could actually control in their lives. It's just that the way they were controlling it may not have been so healthy. Mm -hmm. So to summarize both your points, it's it's really sounding like this could very well be related to very high stress levels in a variety of different ways. Um, higher rates of anxiety, depression, that sort of thing. And then this huge impact of social media and the constant exposure to social media when we're home 24 seven, you know, on our phones, in our uh, streams, scrolling, scrolling through pictures. Right. Um, and I mm -hmm. agree with you, like even with, with my teen clients who I've seen <clears throat> many of which do have also, uh, who have presented with eating disorders in recent months, you know, when I ask them about social media, they're all reporting the same thing. Like they're following a lot of people, um, yeah. on, you know, YouTube or Instagram, and it's very kind of image focused, right? So, mm -hmm, um, how that impacts them when the exposure to that influences all day. Right. Um, and it's yeah. funny to think about like for, our generation, you know, w that exposure was minimal in the sense of TV shows when they were running and then magazines, right? So we, we had it a mm -hmm. little bit growing up in the 80s and 90s, but, you know, it's completely different now with um, phones and technology and social media being constant, that constant exposure, I think is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought it might be helpful to define very quickly, like what is body image? Like for our listeners, like what does it mean to have a po positive body image? Um, so Dr. Mary, how would you describe body image to our listeners? Yeah, so, so body image is really essentially what it sounds like. Like it's the perception or image that we have about how our body looks. It's also how acceptable we consider our bodies to be and how consistent our body is with the expectations that we get from society. And when we talk about like a positive or healthy body image, we're really referring to things like basing our self-worth on various factors. Um, so not just basing our self-worth or our value on our appearance and our weight. Appearance can be part of what makes up our body image or what makes up a healthy body image. But the important thing is that it's not the only thing that, you know, we kind of see the full picture of our bodies. We see the full picture of who we are and we're not overly preoccupied or focused on our perceived flaws. Um, and we tend to have more realistic ideals for ourselves in terms of our bodies. So we might not be expecting um, to have a body that's comparable to somebody who's on Instagram as an influencer, somebody who's a model. Um, we have more realistic standards. 
On the other hand, um, when we're looking at cases of unhealthy body image, it's where we are, in fact, basing a large chunk of our self-worth on our appearance. And we get really focused on these perceived flaws and imperfections. Um, and then in that case, we tend to have a very unrealistic um, expectation for ourselves, And we often compare our bodies to these really unrealistic standards. So things like the edited images, and even in some cases, you know, comparing our bodies to a body type that's totally different from ours. These things are just, you know, not realistic for us. Um, the reason why body image is important is because research does show that there is a correlation between having a negative body image and having poor self-esteem, um, as well as other mental health challenges. So things like anxiety, depression, certainly eating disorders. Um, so it really is important for that reason. Just to follow up on that point, um, I think too, like just the way um, that what Dr. Mary was just saying that, you know, it's, it's not so much about what your body looks like, but your acceptance of your body that's so critical, right? So it doesn't matter what size you are, uh, it's more about whether or not you accept your body. And if you're feeling comfortable with your body as it is, that's what really helps the self-esteem and feeds into the self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting as you're speaking about self-esteem and how it's derived from different aspects of our lives and things that we feel effective doing, right? So, oh, I'm really good at sports or I'm really, I'm a really good friend or I'm a really good daughter or son, right? So, and how COVID has impacted so many aspects of our lives in a negative way where those um, those places where we yeah. derive our self-esteem have been taken away, right? Like for example, no mm -hmm. extracurricular for teens, right? How has that impacted their self-esteem? And now they're moving more towards deriving mm -hmm. self-esteem from appearance, right? So um, no doubt as you're speaking, there must be a correlation there with with COVID and um, the influence on, on where we're yeah. getting our self-esteem from during this time. Um, so, you know, I think, the next point to discuss is how um you know parents can help their children who are going through or experiencing um struggles with body image uh right now and i think you know as psychologists we're always thinking about um things you know that influence children from a social perspective and um, how parents can help is very important to talk about um so in relation to that food culture at home or how we message um, things like nutrition or exercise is so important um, and, and diet or not to diet, right? So Dr. Jen, I was curious to hear your perspective about food culture at home and what you think parents can do to help their children who are struggling. Sure, so I think this uh, point is, is really crucial because I think as parents, it's sort of like, oh, it's like, you know, we can easily say like social media has so much influence, there's nothing we can do about it. But in reality, it's it is so important to set up um, the homes as an environment that really is working um, against some of those negative messages that we're getting. Um, so the more we can kind of downplay appearance and the importance of appearance uh, in the home environments, the better. A huge piece, and we've talked about this in other episodes, but as parents, the modeling that we're doing, right? So modeling those positive behaviors is so, so, so important. Um, you know, so that's not just around um, food in particular, but things like, are we eating healthy? Are we getting exercise? Are we sleeping? Um, are we getting enough sleep? Um, those types of things. The other thing is the messages that we're sending to our kids. So, I mean, 
you know, I think as, you know, even as, as parents, we do, there is, even for us, there's a focus on appearance, right? And, you know, if we're looking in the mirror and our kid's sitting there and they're watching and we're saying, oh, my stomach looks too fat or, you know, like this looks too, you know, my nose is too big or whatever it happens to be, our kids are hearing those messages. And even though sometimes we might feel like it's, you know, like they're younger, it's not really gonna affect them or their stomachs, you know, not as big as ours, or they don't have cellulite, they're not gonna care. They're hearing those things, right? And it's really starting, it, it starts to impress upon them at such a young age. Um, so the more we can kind of focus and, and try and be positive, and this is hard, right? I'm not saying by any means that this is an easy thing to do, but the more that we can be positive about our bodies, the better. Um, another important thing is, um, you know, I think it's so common for us to talk about other people's appearance, right? So so-and-so, you know, looks really great because they've lost weight. Um, that's not a great message to send, you know, like focusing on somebody else's weight or someone else's appearance. Um, so really kind of thinking about, and for, for our kids too, right? So rather than commenting, commenting on their appearance, um, focusing on other things. What are some other positives that we can comment on that are going to be helpful for them? I think, Dr. Jen, you're talking about something so important there when you're talking about, you know, the comments directed certainly at ourselves, those negative comments, but also the comments directed toward others. And this can be confusing sometimes because sometimes the comments, we feel like it's something positive. Oh, you've lost so much weight. You look fantastic, right? That sort of thing. But kids really notice when we're passing judgment, like whether good or bad, when we're passing judgment on people's bodies and they can internalize this and then apply it to themselves, you know? Um, so even things that are coming from a place that seems positive or even a place that's kind of out of concern, like, oh, um, so-and-so has been eating more. I hope, I, you know, I hope they're healthy or I hope he's healthy. Um, that sort of comment, those are all things that they can internalize and then apply to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I find it so interesting too, this whole idea in our society that, you know, if, if you've lost weight, you're healthy or you're doing something well, right? And, you know, I, I remember when my mom was going through chemotherapy, people were commenting and saying, oh, you look great. And in truth, yes. she was quite sick. She was quite ill, right? So I think yeah. just being careful about and being conscious of those comments, and none of us are going to be perfect, but just that awareness about those comments and trying not to put so much on appearance is really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, my girls are ages six and eight now, and they often try and engage in social interaction, you know, with social overtures. And sometimes they'll say things like, oh, you look really pretty, or I really like your makeup, or I really like your dress, or I like your hair, or why are you wearing your hair that way to strangers, right? And so I'm trying to always remind them like, you don't need to comment on how someone looks, even if it's a mm -hmm. compliment, right? Um, whether it's good or bad, it's something we keep to ourselves until we know that it's, you know, a safe thing to say for that person. Because like you you mentioned, you know, there's certain scenarios where it's very inappropriate to comment on someone's appearance, even if it's thought to be a compliment, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so definitely it sounds like that parent modeling is crucial. So not criticizing, uh, your own body image when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, when you're commenting about your, how you're looking, um, and also making sure you're not, you know, commenting on other people's appearance because children pick up on that as well. Oh, it's okay to comment on other people's appearances as well, right? And and it's not okay, yeah. really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think another another really important piece is just you know how much um, you know I think it's it's the diet industry has has kind of put this in our heads that we have a great deal of control over 
our our weight and our you know our, our appearance that way um, and in reality a lot of that is determined by genetics right so it's you know it's similar to height right with you know i think there's more of a genetic predisposition when it comes to height um, but our genes really um, are they're they're playing a huge role in in our size right so some of us will be a bit bigger some of us will be a bit smaller right just like some of us will be shorter and some of us will be taller and so you know in in my home it's it's so important for us what we try to do is is focus on healthy choices right so it's are we doing these things is this making us healthy so when it comes to exercise when it comes to diet and food um, all of those types of things are these things healthy um, and, and really kind of impressing that idea of, you know, we want to establish these healthy habits in our kids now so that they continue to do them later. Um, and along those lines, too, um, you know, I think dieting in the home, the word diet, I think there's a lot of uh, negative associations with that word, right? And I think it's, it's really important. That's, that's another thing to impress on our kids, right? Where if we're dieting and we're saying we're restricting food or we're only eating, eating certain foods or even the language we use around food, like saying these foods are good, these foods are, are bad, this is healthy, this is junk food, that kind of language also can be, um, you know, quite detrimental. So it's really kind of working on rather than, you know, focusing on this, you know, we're, we're on this diet, we're losing weight, um, all of these kinds of things. It's more trying to figure out how do we make healthy choices for ourselves and help our children to see what are going to be healthy choices for them to make. So really trying to model developing a positive relationship with food and a healthy lifestyle versus, again, this idea of criticizing or critiquing good and bad food choices or good or bad diet, right? Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to add to that, I think in the society that we're in right now, a lot of these disordered eating trends are kind of packaged under this idea of wellness, right? Like this idea, this sort of wellness culture. So, you know, sometimes we don't actually notice, we're not as aware of the fact that these are disordered eating behaviors, you know, when we're restricting certain food groups, for example, um, when we have rules around food that are really centered in judgment or kind of moral standards, that's actually not a healthy relationship with food, even when we package it under this wellness idea. Um, and I think also with our kids, really encouraging them to listen to their bodies, you know, so listen when your body is telling you that you're hungry, listen when your body is telling you that you're full, mm -hmm. because as soon as we start to move away from that, um, that's when things start to get complicated, right? When we're making rules around food that we're trying to follow as opposed to listening to what our body is telling us to do. Definitely. And along those lines too, I think just the um, the whole idea of mindful eating, right? Yeah, so just absolutely. really kind of when you're eating, trying to enjoy the food, right? And I, I mean, I've, I've caught myself doing this too, where I'm checking email and maybe eating in front of my computer or eating in front of the TV. And it's, they're, they're not good habits to fall into, right? So again, it's kind of stressing that what are healthy habits and just, you know, the family meals where you're all sitting down and you can talk about the day and you can enjoy the food and eat it slowly and spend that time together and really focusing on food as being something that nourishes us and something that we enjoy, right? And, and there is, you know, as humans, we do enjoy the experience of, or we should enjoy the experience of eating. So really, again, it's just kind of that that behavior, I think it's so important just to kind of um, focus on on the positive side of it. And I think recognizing too within the household, you know, in society right now, we're inundated with messages like marketing messages and advertising and all of these things that are kind of pushing us toward this 
ideal image that's unrealistic, you know, for most Mm -hmm. people, but really being mindful of what we're offering in our homes in terms of what the culture is, because obviously we can't control everything that's out there in the world, but we have much more control over our home environment and really trying to keep that space safe for our kids, you know, not talking about other people's bodies or fat or, you know, portions or things like that um, in the home setting, showing all sorts of things with people with different body sizes and celebrating that, you know, so, so that kind of thing in the home with trying to make it a place that's safer for our kids and, you know, not um, the same messaging that they're getting from the outside world. And I think another important part of what parents can do um, revolves around the idea of educating our children in an appropriate way about healthy lifestyle choices, healthy nutrition, even things like the impact dieting can have on our bodies and on their mental health, right? Mm -hmm. So I've had several clients, um, you know, say things to me in sessions like, well, losing weight's really good or it's really healthy or it's you know gonna make me feel really good about myself um and then we've had to spend time talking about well what what actually happens to your body when you lose an excessive amount of weight Mm -hmm. right like is it actually a good thing is it actually a healthy ideal uh to attain um how is it affecting your body in different ways right and um i think it's important for youth to understand that dieting actually is um you know unless you are really overweight and you're you're experiencing some negative health effects of being overweight or obese it's not really a positive thing to be losing weight um to a high degree can actually be detrimental to our overall health. Um, It can affect our attention and concentration skills, for example, our ability to study for school. Uh, It can really impact our mood when we're not eating, right? So it can make us more anxious, more sad and depressed. and kids are actually surprised when, you know, we talk about that in sessions, like the negative impact of dieting, right? Um, so I think kids really need to be educated mm-hmm. about um, the negative impacts of, of diet culture and losing lots of weight. I think too, um, Dr. Layla, in particular, when, you know, it's, we're talking like tween, like tweens and, and early teens and their bodies are still growing, right? And it is, it's, you know, I think it's a fairly common thing to put on you know, a bit more weight than your pre-puberty body when you're going through puberty, right? And it's just, it has to do with hormones. And again, it all comes back to like, let's not focus on weight and let's not focus on, you know, whether it's body mass index or weight, let's not focus on that, but more what are healthy habits to establish, right? And then it's more, it's not about, oh, like, you know, I started running and I haven't lost any weight. It's more, I started running and it feels great and I feel more happy and I feel more positive. Um, you know, so really kind of, again, establishing those healthy behaviors. Mm -hmm. So also educating our kids about healthy lifestyle choices, like what does healthy exercise look like? What does healthy nutrition look like? Right. Um, that Mm -hmm. education piece is, is critical. Even like with the weight too, like, um, you know, like weighing ourselves. Right. So, so I remember I did a rotation at the center for healthy, active living, and I used to weigh myself quite often. And just cause it was part of my routine, it was sort of, it was in my bathroom it was part of my daily routine. And I remember talking to the, some of the, there was a registered dietitian in particular who said, you know, it's probably not needed. It isn't needed. Right. And it's probably not a good idea to weigh yourself every day. And there is, you know, there really isn't a need to do that. When we go visit our doctor, they might weigh us for other reasons. Right. But we don't need to see those numbers as long as we're engaging in health behaviors. Um, and I think, again, it's, it's really about taking the focus off of, off of weight um, and really, you know, getting those healthy behaviors going. 
I totally agree with that because I think once we start focusing more on the weight or the restriction, we start moving away from that mindful connection to what our body's nutritional needs are, what our body is looking for, whether we're hungry, whether we're full. And that actually sets us up for all sorts of other problems. So when we talk about diets and different things like that, and they involve that restrictive component to it. Because we're restricting, well, first of all, as soon as something is forbidden psychologically, we tend to want that a little bit more. But it's also more challenging to make mindful and healthy choices when we're starving, right? Like our body kicks into that sort of primitive response mm-hmm. of wanting to eat everything in sight when that's the case. So, you know, going down this restrictive road or, or doing these diets, um, it actually is really moving us away from what our body's needs are. So I like what you're mentioning, Dr. Mary, Mm -hmm. about this idea of mindful eating. And I think, you know, in terms of our discussion around family life and what parents can do, um, you know, another important part of mindful eating is this idea of family meals together at the table that Mm -hmm. does that don't involve distraction. You know, I think sometimes we get in these habits of leaving the TV on or having our phones with us at the dinner table um, and really moving away from distracted eating, I think can really help with this idea of um, mindful eating and also uh, engaging in that um, family time together where it becomes a positive interaction with our family members where we can share, you know, details about our day Mm -hmm. and and have mealtime become a positive social interaction versus um, not focusing on, on what we're doing, right? So moving on, um, you know, I think another important part of the discussion is this idea of the importance of building self-esteem that is separate from appearance. And I know we touched a little bit about that uh, topic a few moments ago, Um, but Dr. Mary, I I was wondering if you had any more recommendations about how, you know, a teen or a tween can go about developing uh, their self-esteem in a more positive way that's not just so focused on how they look all the time. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, some of these points, they are um, in line with what we've been talking about a little bit. But just again, how important it is to keep in mind that appearance is just one facet, right? It's just one part of who we are. So engagement in other things that celebrate different parts of ourselves can be a really protective thing. So developing hobbies, um, pursuing other interests, doing these extracurriculars again, getting into art or music or or sports or, you know, just academics, all sorts of different things. Um, And again, just like we were talking about a moment ago, considering the language that we use in our homes around things like food and exercise. So if we're talking about exercise, we're talking about how exercise makes us strong. It, It makes us fast. It helps our brain work better. We can concentrate more versus that idea of, okay, we're exercising to lose weight or we're, we're doing this to get a fit body. Um, those are all things that just help kind of move us away from that um, more unhealthy body image and help build our self-esteem in other ways. And in some cases, thinking about or making changes to the way that we talk to ourselves can be really important and really helpful. Um, actually consciously emphasizing things that we appreciate about ourselves and our bodies. Um, You know, I appreciate that my body is really strong. I appreciate that my body was able to carry my babies Um, and really consciously expressing that and thinking about it. And then the other part of that is 
being conscious of those negative thoughts around body image or those negative thoughts about our body and actively catching those and going, you know what, I'm not doing that. Like, like I'm not, I, I see you thought, but I'm not going down that road. Um, or same when our, our brains go into that comparison mode, stopping ourselves and being like, nope, that's not realistic for me. Like I'm not doing that and really consciously checking it. Um, another thing that we advocate for just in general, overall for every individual is self-care. Um, and it seems like kind of a small thing. And it's often the first thing to go when we're struggling. But when we nurture ourselves and look after ourselves, it sends such a powerful message to our brain. And that might be things like moving our bodies in an enjoyable way, like dancing, for example, if you love to dance. It might be, again, like eating foods that make us feel good, making sure we're listening to what our body's telling us in terms of what we need, um, prioritizing things like sleep, getting out and enjoying time with friends, like social relationships are really important. Um, so all of those sorts of things. And I would say like kind of in line with um, all of these ideas would be again, going back to practicing gratitude, like just for our body and in general, because that can be something that's really, that really helps us to focus on the things that we appreciate in our life, the things that we're grateful for. And that can be really boosting for self-esteem as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I really liked what you said about this idea of um, stopping those negative body image thoughts when they come up. And that yeah. can be a really difficult thing, especially for teens, we know who have a lot of um, social anxiety or fears of negative mm -hmm. judgment. Um, and I know, you know, one thing I find helpful when working with um, teens is to ask them the question like, okay, when you see somebody walking down the hall at school, is your first thought something negative about their body? Like, oh, you know, they're really, you know, overweight, or I don't like their hair, or their makeup looks terrible, right? Um, and they'll often say to me in sessions, like, no, like, I would never be that mean about someone, especially someone, you know, I don't know well, or a stranger, or someone even that I care about. And then I'll ask them in the session, well, well why do you do that to yourself? Why, why are you... Yeah critiquing yourself in such a negative way, you know, and this idea that we are our own worst enemies when it comes to our appearance, because when we look in the mirror, we see every flaw, but other people don't see that in ourselves, right? When they look at us. So yeah. um, really reminding clients and, and reminding teens, especially that um, they don't have to be so uh, cruel to themselves when it comes to their Absolutely. appearance, because nobody else is noticing, right? Yeah. I really love that point, Dr. Layla. I think it's such an important one. And oftentimes when we talk to, you know, teens or kids about this stuff, saying like, you know, if you're struggling to be kind to yourself, pretend that you're talking to a friend, like think about the words that you would say to a friend and try to use that language for yourself. Because um, that can really be a tricky one. We have different rules for ourselves and other people. I think the other uh, the other important part to what uh, both both of you are speaking to is just that you know from time to time we all have these negative thoughts right and it's we don't mm -hmm. want to beat ourselves up for having these negative thoughts um, but it's all about so I you know recognizing I've had the negative thoughts now what am I going to do about it right and I think that's what you yeah. were speaking to Dr Layla is sort of like what's the next step right and then you Dr Mary and saying you know what would you say to a friend. Um, in, you know, rather than what are you saying to yourself? And I think those are all really important points. And not giving in to what the thought is telling us to do, right? If the thought goes from, 
oh, wow, that person looks amazing. I wish my body looked like that too. So I'm going to exercise really hard and diet and do all of this stuff. Not doing what the thought is telling you to do is so important in terms of the development from poor body image into something along the lines of an eating disorder. So my next question about this topic, um, we touched upon this at the beginning of the podcast, but this idea of the role of social media, media consumption on, um, you know, the way that we look at body image or what our body should look like, um, whether or not we want to diet, et cetera. So I guess I'm wondering, like, what, what can we do, especially teens in terms of limiting or um, recognizing when media is having a negative impact on our mental health or how it's influencing us? So I think it's really important. I mean, it's it's so difficult, right? As parents, we know, you know, the more we can kind of limit the social media for our kids, the better. Um, but it's really hard to get their motivation and their buy-in on this, right? So actually, I know, Dr. Layla, one of the things that you had talked about in the social media episode um, was actually about thinking about how do you feel before you go on social media and how do you feel after, right? And I think that's such a huge point. And I've thought about that a lot since, since you uh, had talked about it, right? Where it is, you don't often feel better, right? And so even sitting down with your kids and kind of working through that and like, okay, well, let's, let's talk about how we feel before and how we feel after and maybe talk about why, you know, what are the, some of the things, what are some of the reasons? Um, and chances are, it's probably a lot of comparisons, a lot of comparing myself to other people and you know they're the grass is greener type thing right um so just kind of understanding that just because you're seeing that on social media that isn't the full picture right so i think you know educating ourselves as, as parents but also helping our kids to understand you know we're only seeing you know snips of people's lives and that's not the whole picture um, the other thing is, especially with social media, is people often look really happy and they look like things are great. Um, but we know that, you know, that everybody has ups and downs. So just kind of that, you know, again, educating ourselves on, you know, just because they look happy here, that's, you know, that's not a representation of reality. So just kind of normalizing things a little bit. Um, the other thing, I always like to kind of look at things in terms of evolution. And, you know, one of the things I think about is just, you know, when we're being exposed to these, um, you know, images of people who, you know, for whatever reasons, maybe are, you know, if it's, let's say, supermodels or something like that. And if that's what we're constantly looking at, we do start to think that that's the norm, right? And that's not the way humans evolved. We evolved to be kind of around our peers, right? And around people that, you know, are going to be different sizes and different shapes and not kind of all fitting into this one tiny category, right? Um, unfortunately, the way our society is, there's such a push for this thin ideal, right? So often the pictures we're seeing are, are of people that are quite thin, um, you know, and I think really kind of, you know, again, once again, educating yourself on this as a parent and then helping your kids to see it too, right? And just to kind of, you know, take a step back and, and you know, the more we can kind of be exposed to, you know, people of all shapes and sizes, right? And choosing to do that, the better we're going to feel. Right. So I think, you know, it's it's about sitting down with your kid, talking it through, educating um, yourself and your child on these things um, and, and being open to as a parent. Like I said before, you know, I think it's really important to think about how you're how you feel before and how you feel after and being able to talk that through is really important. 
I think too, also considering, you know, the advertising or marketing component can be really helpful. Like actually looking back, Dr. Jen, just like you were talking about, but looking back throughout history and seeing how these bodies, body ideals have changed and the body ideal that's been put out there really served, you know, these purposes related to marketing um, and kind of understanding that, like we've been fed this image that we're striving toward and that actually doesn't come from a place of health and it actually doesn't come from a place of giving our body what we need so really looking at that history and also recognizing that today a lot of the images that are out there are really heavily edited and there's no requirement for people um, who are putting those images out there to actually notify people looking at them to say this is an edited image um, so we're maybe striving toward things that are completely impossible in terms of standards and that's you know that's a really good point too dr mary because you know i think when we were growing up i mean my understanding was that a lot of the the images that we saw in you know magazines were edited um, but now yeah. anyone can edit Right. So it's exactly. it's not just the advertisements, yeah. but it's your friends. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like those, you know, other yeah. apps, other people apps, we know, yeah. everybody can can Photoshop and, you know, and, and edit. And, you know, I've heard stories of people spending hours just trying to figure out which picture to post and, you know, things like that and, and that obsessiveness over the appearance. And it's just it's so, so negative. It's, it's so bad for our self-esteem when we're focused mm -hmm. that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Very superficial. Right. Very superficial way to. Uh, present ourselves and to derive our self-esteem from from uh, these images. Mm -hmm. But I agree. I think this idea of being um, informed and educated about what is being presented to us and being very critical, right? So am I looking at something that's realistic? Is this an edited image? Probably if it's on social media, right? There's like, I'd pr probably say 90% chance, if not more, that the image you're looking at is edited. Um, you know, the way that we use filters or crop body parts to look thinner. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of fancy tools that we can do. Um, and it's really interesting, you know, sometimes you'll see these things, these images crop up in um, the news or in, uh, you know, the media about celebrities, like before and after edited images, right? So this is what their body really looks like. And this is what it looks like when it was posted in this magazine. And it's shocking to see the difference, right? And these, yeah. these are celebrities who have also had plastic surgery and all kinds of yes. different body altering um, surgeries, right? So um, yeah. to begin with, they are already altered plus the uh, photo imaging um, editing you know, it's, it's really concerning, like what, what kids are exposed to. And again, this idea of it being 24 yeah. seven. So needing to limit how much of that you're, you're watching or seeing. Um, yeah. and it's, it's, it's difficult because now it's gotten to a point where we don't know what's real and what's not. Right. Cause like you said, Dr. Mary, there's no, um, there's no rules around reporting when an, an image is edited. Right. So I think that also brings up an important point for, um, you know, from an ethical standpoint in our, within our culture, like, you know, we need to move away from, from all these, uh, you know, brands, for example, or these influencers who are putting this, uh, stuff out there for teens, you know, there's an ethical responsibility, um, to society here to that. We know it's impacting mental health. We need to move away from that and we need to have more body positive yeah. images out there, brands that are supporting body positive images, you know, different body types across the spectrum, not just one. Um, you know, there's there's a responsibility for our society that we're missing the mark on. And um, I think, unfortunately, we're seeing 
you know, the negative impacts of that over time. Right. So, um, Absolutely. yeah. I think too, with that, you know, again, kind of coming back to educating ourselves and our kids and, you know, that might be a great way, like an opportunity because the advertisers are going after teenagers, right? Like that's kind of, that's yeah. one of their main, that's the group they're going after. Um, and, you know, helping our kids to, to even kind of look at an ad and say like, oh, are they trying to fool me here? Are they telling me, you know, I'm going to try this diet. I'm going to lose all this weight and then I'm going to be happy. Right. And getting them to try and come up with like, what's the message they're trying to give me? And, and then just realizing, I don't believe that message. That message is wrong yeah. and it's unhealthy, right? And so being able to see those ads and being able to say, hey, that's really unhealthy, rather than to see it and say, oh, if I just do this, then I'm going to be happy and kind of buying into whatever it is. I think that's such a great suggestion, Dr. Jen. I do that, you know, sometimes with um, people that I see in practice, we do that sort of exercise, like these critiquing media kinds of exercises where we look at images and do exactly that kind of think of, okay, what is the message they're trying to portray? What sorts of body types do they include in here? Um, and, and just actually actively trying to challenge some of that. And it can be a really helpful thing to do to start to um, just strengthen that messaging in our brain or strengthen um, that idea in our brain. And, you know, we're talking a lot about images, but there's also, you know, access to apps as well, right? And things that sometimes maybe start off well intentioned, like, oh, I'm going to track like my healthy eating, my exercise and this and that. But recognizing like some of these things can be a really slippery slope. They might start off in a way that seems kind of healthy, seems positive, um, but, you know, big picture actually isn't. So also considering what apps we're using and, and educating and being critical around that as well. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. a really good point because there is there are so many apps out there, right? And new ones yeah. being released every day. So making sure that we're not overly focused on our body or weight loss or um, you know these these things and having a really well rounded kind of uh, lifestyle where we're focused on more important things like we know you know social interactions, for example, being yeah. the most important predictor for happiness, not our body weight. It's funny because um, a recommendation I often make, which is like not popular at all with my teens, but I still think it's really good, is just trying to encourage some screen-free time as a family, you know, like just times when you are off the screens or at least off your phones if you're watching a movie or something that might be better. But I do try to encourage that just um, to have some distance from these messages because it's just so much all the time and it's really tough to deal with and that's healthy for us too right as yeah. parents I think, you know it's it's good for us to have those breaks too um and then again this kind of falls back into that idea of the modeling positive modeling behaviors right modeling positive behaviors right so if you know we're asking our kids to do it then we should be doing that as well mm -hmm. yeah yeah. And um, for any of our listeners uh, who are interested in hearing more about social media, please check out our other episode um, with a lot more tips um, from Dr. Kim Hellemans around social media use and its impact on mental health. 
Um, okay, so Dr. Mary, I was curious before we summarize today's um, podcast in some helpful coping skills or takeaway messages. Um, Dr. Mary, could you just speak briefly about some warning signs for parents um, to look out for? So today we've been talking a lot about um, negative body image, um, how you know parents and teens can. Um, work on developing more positive self-esteem, more positive body image. But there are, you know, sometimes where the eating becomes disordered or it becomes problematic, you know, teens are losing uh, lots of weight. They have, parents have lots of concerns and they're wondering, is this normal? Is this not normal? When do I seek, um, you know, a referral to uh, a specialist? What are some steps um, parents can uh, go through and, and what are some signs they should be looking out for to know when their teens are really struggling and that this has now uh, jumped into the realm of an eating disorder that needs some very um, specific treatments for? One thing I will say on that point is that I actually think that there's no wrong time to seek help for this type of issue. Um, because one thing that we do know is that there's a far better prognosis um, for things like eating disorders the earlier we intervene. Um, so it's something that, you know, is always a good thing to get help with. Um, and working on things like body image and self-esteem before their major issues, those are awesome goals, whether that's at home or whether that's in therapy, those are great things to be working on. Um, if we are looking specifically at when something is becoming more problematic, we want to consider things like whether this is an ongoing issue. Um, and we've talked about this a lot, but this preoccupation with food and weight is a big one, right? If you're noticing that there's a lot of focus around food and, and weight, there's a lot of emotion attached to food. For example, you're, you're noticing like a shift in mood immediately after mealtime. Um, we'd want to keep an eye on things like changing eating behaviors um, or rules around food, like noticing if they're, start to, um, if they're starting to bring in rules around food, like cutting out certain food groups, only eating at certain times. We're noticing like a major reduction in portions. Um, again, you know, a, a significant change in things like mood. Um, we'd want to be noticing whether there's a lot of guilt associated with eating. And again, whether individuals are really focusing on their perceived flaws. In a lot of cases, they also might not have an accurate perception of what their body looks like. So you see, you know, someone saying, oh, I, I'm, I'm so fat, or I've gained so much weight, or this or that. And you know, we're not seeing it in the same way that they are. So there's not this accurate perception of their body. Um, of course, things like weight loss and restrictive eating would be things to look for. And just like everything else, you know, when we talk about at the, the point at which things start to become an issue, a major indicator is when we're seeing that impairment in functioning. So again, we're seeing the significant mood changes, like they're really sad or they're really irritable a lot. Mealtime's not enjoyable anymore. They're struggling at school or they're not concentrating well. They're really tired. Um, socially, they're pulling back or withdrawing. Um, maybe they're, you know, engaging in sort of... Um, secretive behaviors around food. Um, also, if there, these are concerns for anyone in your family, 
physicians are a really important resource to include in the discussion because they're able to track what's happening physically. Um, and they're also to, able to make referrals for treatment if needed. Um, so really important to keep your physician in the loop if you're having concerns about any of these areas. Um, and I just wanted to note as well, when we talk about disordered eating and we talk about things like unhealthy body image, a lot of people think of email at birth, like they think that these issues only apply to them. And I just wanted to point out that these difficulties can and do occur across all genders. So, um, you know, not to assume that that's the only group who's going to experience these challenges. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, all right, great. So thank you both so much for sharing your insight on developing a positive body image. And I think just to summarize our takeaway messages or the three coping skills that we like to end with with every podcast, um, the first one being really working hard to instill a positive food culture at home. So things like uh, developing um, mindful eating at home, eating together as a family without distraction, viewing food in a positive way is something we need for nourishment, uh, having a nice balanced diet. So no um, following, you know, these fad diets that we see out there and really important modeling positive body image as parents for our children. So both in terms of how we speak to ourselves about our own bodies, as well as other people. The second point is building um, positive self-esteem that is separate from appearance. So thinking about all the amazing things a healthy body can do for us, for example, and keeping kids engaged in different um, hobbies, interests, extracurricular activities, et cetera, socializing and developing positive peer relationships is really important for self-esteem. Um, so these are all things that can help move a child away from focusing on their body image and more towards a healthy, balanced lifestyle. And then lastly, really being mindful of our media consum consumption. So um, being critical of what we're exposing ourselves to through social media, really challenging our beliefs um, about what we're viewing and how we're feeling after we use social media and uh, making sure we're not comparing ourselves to other people all the time, both what's presented to us um, in social media as well as in real life right so trying to move towards self-acceptance for our body and that's a, that's a tough one right especially for a teenager but it really is the goal um to set in our minds really how do we accept ourselves for who we are and that really is when we feel the happiest is when we can um, self accept ourselves I just wanted to suggest just on, on those points, just to suggest a little challenge for, I guess, ourselves and our listeners to try to go one week without talking about weight, without talking about weight for ourselves or for other people and focusing on other qualities for ourselves. So when our mind starts there to go there, um, trying to shift that into finding another quality instead. Um, so for complimenting ourselves or somebody else, or we're critiquing, um, trying to reframe that into something more positive, that's not weight related. So just a funny little thing, but it can be um, very interesting to actually find out how difficult this is. So I just wanted to put that challenge out there. Mm -hmm. 
So today's episode was geared toward body image and helping um, parents understand how they can influence their teens. Um, but we are looking forward to having a guest speaker coming up on our podcast uh, in the next few weeks, who will specifically be talking about healthy exercise and nutrition for youth. So please keep an eye out for that podcast coming up. Um, and that one will be geared towards uh, more towards our young listeners. So that sums up our podcast for today. Thank you so much to our listeners for joining us.